Can men and women just be friends? We discuss this and more with special guest Kelia Clarkson on this episode of The Overthinkers. Hello, thinking people's thinking people. Welcome to The Overthinkers, home for people who love to have fun thinking deeply. I'm your host, Joseph Holmes, filmmaker, film critic, golden philosopher boy, and with me as always is my frustratingly friendly co-host. Nathan Clarkson, actor, author, filmmaker, and um, friend of women. (laughs) (laughs) Friend to women, ally and friend. Ally to good, nightmare to you. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> cool. And with us today is a very special returning guest. She is an actress, writer, filmmaker, and podcast host who has written for multiple outlets, including Evie Magazine, and founded more both the women's online magazine, The Wallflower Journal, which she also manages and writes for, and the Dear Wallflower Podcast, which she also co-hosts. She has starred in multiple shows and movies, including This Night Show, The Good Place, New Amsterdam, the, Sh- the Sean Baker produced Beating the Shift, the Nathan Clarkson produced present and directed miracle on highway 34 and her own upcoming original film leading lady and of course as any proud husband does nathan walls voice wants me to remind make sure it's very clear that keelia clarkson is also his wife that is my wife yes. she is <laughs> the most important part of her bio <laughs> that the first thing that yeah. <laughs> all right all right next uh, everyone's always backseat introing uh she is the kinetic the charismatic the clandestine keelia clarkson keelia welcome back to the show Thank you. It's a joy to be here. And I see that you moved on to the C's for my- Yes, um... <laughs> you've been on so much. I've run out of K's. <laughs> yes, K's are, are very- Kind. Far and few in between. Kissable. Kissable, yeah. Every kiss begins with K. You know, I don't have the credibility to say that. When you're writing the intro, you can maybe say I should kissable. do the intro for yeah, my wife. you should. Yeah, yes. cool K. You're cruel. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So next oh, time, okay. yeah. Nathan will write the intro and it's going to be a very different intro. Is that a promise? Yeah. Um, well, so today we are discussing whether men and women can be friends, which is high stakes for me and Kelia. What this discussion we free decide. Um, <laughs> but first, Nathan, if people enjoy our discussion and want to engage more with our content and meeting fellow overthinkers, where can they go? They can go to the overthinkersjournal.com where they can find out more about their hosts and send us all of their love and hate mail. They can also find about any upcoming events like our Oscars party, our very exclusive Oscars party mm. happening in New York City on whatever night the Oscars are happening. March we 19th. There. It will be limited RSVPs. We have limited space in the small theater at the Hepzibah House. So please let us know if you want to come. You will see the RSVP link up on the website and also on our online community on Facebook private group called The Overthinkers, where we have 10,000 plus overthinkers like yourself enjoying memes, articles, and discussions, and it's mostly memes. So please (laughs) come over and join. And if you do enjoy the podcast, please consider leaving us a review. It really does help so much. I'm trying, again, I'm trying new inflections on that one. I'm liking it. I'm liking it. Yes. (laughs) Thank you. And make sure to share with a friend. All right. That's it. Cool. Yes, no, we we do we do like usually try to do like a daily discussion prompt, which is fun. And uh, but we do like mo- throughout the day, it's multiple memes, which oftentimes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so the ratio is definitely toward memes. But they're very smart memes. Yes, like, they are. Eighty three percent of the time, intellectual memes. <laughs> yes, yeah. yes, exactly, exactly. Or at least you can come and you can decide whether or not you think they're intellectual or not. Or it will give you light chuckles, light yes. uh, intellectual chuckles. <laughs> yes. <laughs> We will enjoy only the finest of tastes and only the snootiest of laughter. All righty. Well, I'm having fun already. Uh, you want to get started on our topic? Let's do it. Yes. Cool. All right. <clears throat> so, can men and women be friends is an age-old question. The classic film When Harry Met Sally posed this question famously in the 80s and seemed to many to answer that question with a no. However, most Americans disagree. According to the Psychology Today piece, Can Men and Women Be Friends?, 83% of Match.com users believe men and women can be friends, even though 63% said they've had friendships that have turned romantic or sexual. According to this article and the Scientific American piece, men and women can't just be friends. The difficulty navigating the potential for sexual or romantic attraction is one of the top negatives for both men and women of having opposite-sex friendships. Because of this, many people agree with... um, 
that men and women can't and shouldn't be friends, particularly when they're married, such as author and marriage expert Deborah McLeod in her Huffington Post piece, Why Opposite Sex Friendships Will Destroy Your Marriage. Evangelical Christian circles have codified this in what is referred to as the Billy Graham rule or the Mike Pence rule, where married men and women, particularly ones in positions of power influence, refuse to be alone with members of the opposite sex who are not their spouses. Others push back on what they perceived as a toxic over-sexualizing of the opposite sex where such sex interest does not exist, and point out studies that have shown men and women receive great benefits from opposite sex friendships. Men report having more freedom with women to talk about their feelings than they do men, while women report uh, with men less emotional pressure than they do with women. <clears throat> Moreover, because so many career so much of career success relies on interpersonal relationships, limiting friendships between men and women holds women particularly back in professional advancement. So, Helia, <clears throat> um, in your experience, is friendships between men and women possible, beneficial, or is it more trouble than it's worth in most circumstances? I would say, and I think this is probably my feminine idealist speaking. <laughs> yes, it's totally possible for men and women to be friends. Bang! Fade out! Roll credits. And I guess, you know, I haven't had that many friends just in general, if I'm honest. So... Do you have any friends? No. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is so podcast. our next and podcast so is friendship <laughs> possible <laughs> what, what i'm trying to say is like it's not like i've had this like plethora of female yeah. friends and like no male friends i feel like i've actually been able to have like a fair amount of both men and um women as friends and um so i guess I, I think there are times when it can become pretty uh, difficult. And I think we can get into that as we continue the discussion. Yeah. But I think my just initial response is yes, it's absolutely possible for men and women to be friends. Okay. So now let me jump in. <laughs> oh boy. Here we go. Well, so, so okay. Yes. I, I'll, I'll wait. I'll let you go. And then I'll, I'll, I'll do my uh, uh, sort of data point response, but go ahead. Yes. So I'm going to do the typical <laughs> overthinker thing. And I'm going to define the terms here because ah. when we say friends, I think that we have this idea that every friendship will look exactly the same. And so if you and your, your guy friends, um, that, that kind of friendship is going to look exactly the same with you and a lady friend. So we're talking about if can men and women be friends? And so we have to define what do you mean by friendships? Do you mean acquaintances? Do you mean close? Do you mean sharing intimate details of your life? Do you mean relying on them emotionally? Or do you just mean you have fun and you talk about, you know, occasionally and you see each other at parties? So, you know, I think when you do need to define what we mean when we ask the question, can yeah. men and women be friends? Mm -hmm. what, what do you mean by the friend? What's the friendship look like? Because I think that every friendship is going to look a little different. Um, but Aside from that, so so one is we have to kind of look at the the term friendship that we're using and how we define it and what we ex and what the expectations are when we are looking at a man and a woman becoming friend friends. Uh, number two, I think the reason that this is such a popular question is because it's not easy. We've um, mm. heard plenty and plenty of guys. Uh, who are bitter about the friend zone and women like Kelia saying, of course we can be friends all the while <laughs> guys are going, um, I didn't want to be your friend. I wanted to date you. So, so that I, sounds like a them problem. Exactly. So, <laughs> sucks the suck, suck face. so I wonder if the, if the answer to that question would be different from different people from in my anecdotal yeah. experience, I've heard far more women say, of course it's able to, uh, I'm, you're able to have a friendship between a guy and a girl and far less men. Uh, now that could be because men uh, for whatever reason, evolutionarily, whatever you want to say, culturally, um, regardless of what the reason is, men get into relationships to get something out of it, especially with the opposite sex. Meaning, I, very often I've heard guys say, listen, I have enough guy friends. I have plenty of uh, friends I can play video games with. If mm -hmm. I'm going to befriend a girl, it's because there's an interest there of romance or attraction. And so I've heard a lot of guys say this. Now, before I move on to that side of things with you know all these guys saying no and all these girls saying yes, I will speak just personally. Sure, yeah. I was raised in a family 
who had, I had multiple sisters. I had a very close relationship with my mother. So the idea of having a platonic relationship with the opposite sex was very normal to me. Yeah. That was just, of course you can. Uh, I have noticed that very often the men who have struggled with that more in their lives, uh, in my, again, anecdotal experience, have come from families where they only had brothers. Mm -hmm. So they didn't understand, uh, they, they hadn't practiced that ability to just be friends with a, mm -hmm. uh, a woman uh, and not attach anything else to it. So that was a, a newer experience for them. And they, that wasn't something they had practiced growing up with their sisters, uh, maybe mothers. Um, so that, that's an interesting just anecdotal thing. But yeah, I, I, I've always been, quote, friends with women. I've had women friends. Mm -hmm. um, but that being said, my friendships with women do not look exactly the same as they do as my friendships with men. And no, it's not because I'm a raging sexist. It's be just because of how- He is a raging sexist, but that's just a completely different- Yes, that's not thing. That's that's whole Hey, you said it, not me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it's, uh, it's because women uh, are, are unique from men in how we interact and how sure, we yeah. connect. And you know that's backed up by science that we can see that women and men behave across the board and act differently. So the relationships you're gonna form with them are going to look different. Um, so wait, where was I going with this? Oh yeah, so on the surface, I think we need to define the terms a little bit with the friendship, but also I wanna say this, can, I think this is more of the question, uh -huh. can two single people yeah. of uh, be friends? Can two of the opposite sex be friends? In my opinion, the only way for them to be friends, there has to be some social boundaries. Meaning, um, meaning, yeah, uh, people of the opposite sex can be friends if one of them isn't a committed relationship. Then there's that, uh, there's that knowing, oh, there's a boundary here that isn't going to be crossed. Mm -hmm. I'm sure that people have crossed it, uh, as we you know see in every movie. But typical, most people say, oh, there's a boundary here that's not going to be crossed. Oh, and so can I just hop in really, really fast and say that I did read a study that said men are still, even if their female friend is already in a relationship, are still more likely to begin to see her as a possibility and try to pursue her well, and than women are <laughs> if her friend that she likes is already in a relationship. Until there's a ring on it, all's fair in love and war. I'm just well yeah no i mean oh yeah I mean, uh, that's absolutely true well it's, yeah it's, it's interesting it's, it's that's that is true in terms of friendships anyways that, that gets off into a different topic but yes but go on so i uh, just to finish i'll finish this up quickly so um so there needs to be that social boundary right so yeah. one person is married and so you both have this understanding oh this is not a boundary cross which actually gives you the freedom to be friends because you yeah. know how far the relationship can extend and how and where it will stop um, or it's a, if you have people of, you need that social different age barrier. So you could have a mother um, son relationship or a father daughter relationship. So, oh, there's a social boundary. You're 79 years old. I'm 29. I'm not, again, I'm not saying people haven't crossed these boundaries, but generally speaking, there's that social there are extra boundary. Barriers. Oh. barriers. There are extra barriers to it that yes. make the, the lines clearer. Yeah. Exactly. To what the friendship is. There's also the barrier if um, one person is homosexual and one person, you know, yep. one person's gay and the other one isn't. Oh, well, then that means or both people are gay. That means that there isn't an attraction there. So there's, again, another barrier. So that's not going to be a line we cross. So we know exactly right. where and what our friendship is. And uh, so and then the last one, this is where it gets murky, I think, is if you have two people of the same age, both single but you have vastly different attractiveness levels. One is attracted to one, but the other is attracted to the other. That's when, so yes, you can have a friendship there because you have that social boundary of, which is terrible. I, I get it. It's not fun, but it is just evolutionary and how people interact and, and date yeah. each other. Oh, I only see you as a friend. And this is where a lot of guys yeah. and girls get frustrated. So yes, men and women can be friends if there are the some sort of social boundary in place that basically says we will never cross into the romantic slash sexual right friends and nothing more right amen to that sister so um before i jump in you want to make some comments about uh what nathan said over there well i mean i think i think he's basically right and i think i, I think that's what i was trying to say when i think men and women can be friends there do have to be there there does have to be kind of a few things that fall into place and yeah. yes if if one of them is a, but 
even when you said like, oh, if one of them is attractive and the other one isn't, that still kind of doesn't really, to me, feel like a real friendship because one person is still not satisfied with where the relationship is. Or typically, yeah, or yeah. often. I mean, yeah. I mean, if they're wanting to date their more attractive friend. that. But you need those for a friendship between a man and a woman to exist. You need some sort of social boundary. Well, there needs to be a clear reason as to why you are not progressing. Yes. Because we are hardwired to progress. And so, yeah. right, it, it needs to be, oh, well, obviously that would never happen because yeah. A or B or C. Okay, cool. And we'll get into those, we'll get into those, what yeah. the, what some of those are. And I'll just put for, for myself, you know, I it's interesting because like, you know, sort of like, like you, Nathan, I grew up, you know, primarily socialized by women. And so like, you know, again, like I was homeschooled, you know, and my mom, and I had a sister and then we moved around a lot. And so I, you know, my primary sort of socialization was with women. And so I had more female friends growing up than I had male friends. And I still have a lot of female friends and I'm really, they really add a lot of things to my life. And we've been able to have those female, those friendships and they've been really, really great. They, they bring something to the table, you know, in my life that my male friends don't. But I did, I did slowly Gee, over time. Thanks a lot. <laughs> you know, this I, this is one wasn't how I wanted to tell you, Nathan. Uh, but, <laughs> but, but of course, my male friendships. Then I, as I grew and got into college, I had you know got to have more male friendships and learning that that language, which is a different language, you know. Mm, and it, way and, to put it. and I, I learned that language, and I was able to benefit from the male friendships that I, I didn't have as many of as often um, growing up. So that's absolutely true. On the other hand, I have been on both sides of the situation where you know I was attracted to a, a female friend either at the start or eventually became so and the difficulty there of course was you know it's like I didn't mean for it to happen but once I was attracted then as I got closer as a friend the more intense that attraction desire became and yeah. it you know it just it wasn't something that I could separate you know I think most people have trouble if they're attracted to the person they're friends with having trouble separating those because that's how it's built to work the emotional intimacy and the sexual intimacy are supposed to go hand in hand that way and of course i've also been on the other side where had friends who i didn't realize that apparently they were liked me romantically but i didn't feel the same way about them and that became a real real big problem in many aspects of the relationship and yeah. and so i understand where people are coming from when they say it's just not worth it you know it's just you know it's there's too much potential for drama, too much potential for people to make mistakes and hurt each other. And so I would rather avoid that entirely. So people like strong rules about that. I understand where they're coming from because I've sometimes in, you know, my, you know, just kind of just frustration been like, you know, maybe that's, maybe it's just all not worth it. Yeah, this whole thing just shows that women are nothing but trouble. You said it. Lest you and me swear off them for good. And how. But it is, but it's absolutely true that, again, it is possible, again, 83% of Americans say that they believe they can be friends, which is a pretty amazing statistic of, a, a you know, but it is also true, and you guys alluded to this in the Scientific American article, um, can, you know, men and women can't be friends, just be friends. They pointed this out that, like, they basically did a study of male-female friends to a pair, like a guy and a girl who are good friends, and they put them in, like, a room and interviewed them and said, you know, are you just friends are more than friends. And women said, we're just friends. The guy said, no, we're not. There's something else going wow. on here. What we've got here is failure to communicate. And, yeah. the, and the reality is you do look at studies and um, the, the Venn diagram of, you know, where it is like women want to be friends with more guys than they want to sleep with. And men want to sleep with more women than they want to be friends with. And mm -hmm. the, and you know, we, we've talked about the book A Billion Wicked Thoughts on this podcast a lot, and there's one of the things in there is talking about how, you know, men's arousal oftentimes is more physical, and women's is more psychological oftentimes, and it is just one of those things where it is a lot easier for a guy to say, I like her as a friend, and she's reasonably attractive, I would like to, this to progress in this different direction. And I think it's, it is overwhelmingly much, because the trigger is so much easier for guys in that way, and because they feel... They, they say like, I love these, you know, I like, they're more likely to, as you say, Nathan say, I have my five friends that I need. I don't want any other people. There is more likely to be that kind of asymmetry on the guy side, but it does seem to be like you're saying that if there is that desire for it to progress, that's asymmetry, wherever it's coming from, 
it doesn't seem like you can be have um a intimate friendship uh that of the kind where that's not going to be complicated if there's a desire on one or the other side i feel like there we, we should redefine the question not to can yes. men and women be friends yes can men and women be best friends yeah mm-hmm. yeah because yeah because obviously it's again it's like you can be acquaintances at work you can have be friendly you can go be at parties together you can you know again if you have a couples like that you have a couple friends it's like oh yeah you can be friends with a person you know spouse you know adjacent to the other friendship you know that's those things but yes <clears throat> can you be best friends and so Kelia, what do you think about that well i think i think what i sense that a lot of guys struggle with here is female friendships are typically much more sentimental and emotionally um mm-hmm. driven and focused yeah and because from what i understand of male friendships i, I don't think many men um sit around and cry together or mm-hmm. maybe vent or well you know, joseph and i do this, but <laughs> yes joseph and i have a word exception. Yeah, yes. you guys are, like, <laughs> we have our right right after we get all of our hate mail we have our weekly uh cry <laughs> weeping session right. yeah. yes no so i i think um women have this um desire for very emotionally centered friendships mm-hmm. And they don't understand why they aren't able to give that kind of emotional intimacy yeah. to men. Mm. And then men don't understand why is she giving me this emotional intimacy, which yeah. I've only ever experienced in romantic relationships, but then she won't give me physical intimacy yeah. too. They can't, I think men seem to have a hard time separating those two when it comes to women. That's a yeah. That's a really, really good point, I think. Because if you look at how women interacted with each other in, in yeah. relationship and in, in friendship. Yeah. You know, th- there's always the thing it's like when, you know, are more physically affectionate, they'll put their heads on each other's, they'll, right. they'll hug, they'll even yeah. snuggle and watch a movie. Yeah. When I slept over at friends' houses, we would sleep in the same bed and we were comfortable you know, with that. Yeah. That, that's yeah. a normal thing. So yeah. women are more um, uh, emotionally intimate with each other. Women are more physically intimate with each other in a normal platonic way. Yeah. And men reserve the emotional intimacy and the physical intimacy for our romantic relationships only. So when we experience that from a woman, we go, well, this is what we have reserved for a romantic relationship. And so oftentimes a woman can go, well, this is how I have friendships. And a man is going, this is what I'm reserved for a romantic relationship. And so, like you said earlier, Joseph, it's speaking different languages. Do you understand the words that are coming out of my mouth? Don't nobody understand the words that are coming out of your mouth, man. Yeah. The other thing, I'll let you, I'll let you jump in here after this, but there is also, um, people have talked, evolutionary biologists have talked about that there is a skewed incentive for men to interpret things as uh, if there's doubt to interpret things as more romantic than less, because yeah. uh, if, they, if, if there's something that is romantic and they miss out on it, they miss out on the chance to reproduce. But if they misinterpret something as more romantic, well, then they just lost out on, you know, they just they didn't get have a chance anyway. So there is that thing where men are 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 wired to overinterpret things as romantic so that they have more opportunities. Because um, that women, makes sense. Biologically speaking, women have more opportunities yes. to mate. Than men um, yeah. In the animalistic world, because they are the pursuees, where men have to fight a lot harder the, to mate because they are the pursuers and in oh, competition. There, with was, the there, other was, men. there was a there was a study that, and then I'll I'll shut up, uh, Kelia. But uh, there there was a study that had basically had experiment where they had a bunch of college age men and women go around campus and ask every single person that they met, "Will you sleep with me?" You know, and for for girls, they were the first person that they asked said yes. Wow, and they, for guys, the, well, it, basically it took them like, you know, you know, a, a huge number before the person said yes. And so wow. there is wow. that. Yeah. No, it, it, the joke that the person who did, talked about the study said was, you know, the girls, it was the, like five seconds after she uh, found the first guy it says for guys. Well, you know how that probably went because many of you've already tried it, you know? Yes. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah, pretty much. Exactly. So anyway, yeah. all right. That's, but to, going to you, Keelan. <laughs> Oh, I was just going to say, because Nathan said something about how men um, save both emotional intimacy and physical intimacy for the relationships. I don't think that's necessarily true. I think a lot of men probably don't save physical intimacy um, for their relationships. Ah. And I think that's also where women get confused. What do you mean by that? Well, so what I mean is I think men and women have kind of different versions of the friend zone. Yeah, yeah. Because 
do you know what I mean? Like, um, I want you to say it, but I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Like, like I already said this, but women will be emotionally open and vulnerable with men and men will be confused as to why she only sees him as a friend. And, um, men sadly will (laughs) physically pursue, uh, women, but only see them in friend in a friend uh, light because they don't share any emotional intimacy with them. They'll have sex with them, but they women. won't commit to them. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And women will go, why doesn't he want a relationship with yeah. me? I- I've done all of this. I- I'm True. Sure. You know what I mean? But that's still within the context of sexual and or romantic. Yeah. That men reserve emotional or physical intimacy with sexual and or romantic yeah. um, relationships. Yeah. So again, so guess so so we talked about some of the problems. Like again, this is why we have this discussion because it has it's hard because you know again, Harry met Sally. It's like sex gets in the way, and it's kind of funny mm-hmm. to say that because you know, it's like, well, no, sex. If it's the right thing, sex is not in the way. Sex is a good thing. But in terms of being best friends that you have that kind of emotional intimacy with, because sex often gets into there, particularly especially on the guy side, it's it becomes complicated. So. We talked all about, about setting sort of social boundaries. I guess we ask is, I guess or why why would you think why do you think it's a good idea? Why do you think it it is beneficial to try to um, have friendships of the opposite sex? Why not just say no? You don't do it at all. And how do you go about doing that in a way that um, is wise? Yeah. Well, I think it's beneficial because um, this is going to sound really silly, but I think if you have an excess of what is commonly referred to as feminine energy or masculine energy, I think you're going to be unbalanced. And so I do Mm. think you need to have that kind of masculine. If if I'm a woman, I do need that masculine energy in my life to help tether me and balance me. And I also think um, it's also just worth pursuing friendships with the opposite sex, just simply to learn how to interact with them (laughs) in a non-romantic um, way. Because I think if you aren't able to uh, interact with the opposite sex in a way that doesn't involve romance, I think you're immature. And, and I think there's room for growth there. So that's why I think it's- You're right, that did sound silly. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> totally silly. I, mean, silly. <laughs> I, think, I think what she what she said, and also you said earlier about speaking language, I think it's beneficial to learn to speak the language of the entire other half of the population. (laughs) And I think there is something to the the balance aspect that I think um, that both men's perspective and women's perspective and languages of relationship, just viewing the world and how they uh, see things is beneficial to garner from them. I think Mm -hmm. I have uh, grown as a result very much so uh, because I have had um, counterbalancing relationships in my life from women who offer me a different perspective, um, where I can feel uh, the cathartic um, joy of having male friendship who uh, typically, who think more along the lines, who think the way yeah. I do. It's good for me, not, it's not just good for me, I enjoy finding a new perspective, a different way yeah. to see the world. And it actually causes me to change my behavior and how I interact with the world and knowing and interacting and befriending women. Platonic. Again, I think this has to, the way this best works is friendships with the opposite sex that come with natural social boundaries. Mm-hmm. Um, if you are, if you really don't want, you know, if you're a single person, you want to be friend to another single person. If you really don't want to end up in a romantic relationship, I think you ha- it kind of, one of those social um, barriers has to exist, one or two of those. Yeah. Um, but I do think ultimately it is beneficial to be friends with um, uh, the opposite sex uh, again, like I said, to learn to speak the language that maybe isn't as uh, uh, familiar to you. Yeah. Now, yeah. Uh, yeah, so that would be why I would think it's a good thing. Do you think it's a good thing, Joseph? Yeah, yeah I mean, it clearly, I, clearly, I clearly, I do think it's a good thing. At least that's what I've, what I've, what I've acted on. I think that the, yeah, I think I love how you talk about, you know, the, um, the it's, it's different languages and that's a good thing to have as part of your life. It's also, again, you're going to be, I, you know, I like to sometimes put it's like, you know, it's another half of how God sees the world that you get to see. Because, you know, God made both men and women. He made us with different perspectives and ways of interacting with the world. And you know less about God if you aren't able to actually see that other perspective. I think yes. that's, that's true. That's such a good point. 
thank you. I thought so. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> See, you need you need women friends to say things like that because I'm not going to say that to you. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. That was an average point. That was all right. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. No. Well, you know, I mean, again, you know, the I, we joke about that YouTube video. You know, it's it's not about the nail. You know, where it's you know where yeah. somebody's where the wife is saying, hey, I've got this problem and I just want to talk about it. And guy's like, but there's an actual problem to solve. And again, there are some times in my life I need to solve a problem. And there's sometimes I just need to vent about it. And it tends to be that women tend to be better at the at being receptive toward the venting and the guys tend to be better at the solving of the problem part of it. And of course, that's generalizations, but you get the idea of that kind of energy. The other thing is, of course, you're not going to be able to serve and help half of the population in in whatever capacity you do if you don't actually know what their needs, you know, are, I think about the yeah. church a lot of yeah. times because, you know, a lot of times the complaints that my female friends have about the church often is that, you know, the pastor doesn't actually know the needs of the women in the congregation and is not actually because they don't have friendships or relationships with women. They're not, they don't have access to that and they don't think of them as important. And it, you they know, I've seen serve yeah. their needs. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> and, and, you know, like, I mean, you know, the joke of course about, you know, the, little women you know about how the publisher didn't get it until his daughters read the book and it was like oh i guess i better publish this because you know it's not for me but it is for half of the population um i think that yeah the the the, the idea of putting in some uh social you know social boundaries that are are reasonable uh to make sure that you're not likely to get hurt or other people are not likely to get hurt or somebody's you know is is good thing i think that um you know the it's uh, creating kind of, you know, I, what I try to do is, is make sure that it's not, you know, maybe not best friends, you know, is kind of a good, is, is, is keep it away from that and keeping, you know, and keeping it in a group friend setting, typically, you know, those are, those are things that are safe to make sure that I'm less likely to get her this likely to get her, it's less likely to get complicated in that way, um, is a good if thing. If they don't already have those built-in social If balance. you don't have already yeah, have I mean. the built-in socially, yes, um, I think is a good thing. I think it's just wise. I think that, Again, oftentimes this conversation gets a little bit difficult because one side is basically saying, no, you can't be friends at all and, you know, keep creating the line here. And the other side is basically saying, if you can't handle, if if you if you don't, if you need to put social barriers in place, then you're a pervert who needs to go to therapy and get fixed for that. You know, <laughs> um, and I was thinking well, like- everyone does need therapy. I so. mean, yeah. yes, but like, I think even if you go to therapy, that's not going to prevent that problem yeah, you're still yeah. gonna you know uh and it's like again it's just it's we we do this like again in politics we've decided you know what we're gonna create a system of checks and balances because we, people can't be trusted and it's like it's like people and i think you know screening social barriers for some of these problems is just checks and balance. it's just checks and balances yeah. for just wisdom um well, and yeah oh go ahead i'll let you finish i, I want to uh, jump in real quick before we give keely the last um word but if you finish what you're no no that's not i'm done i'm done fine i don't care it's fine, fine. <laughs> <laughs> again i'm a male friendship i don't care what you have to say it's my turn um, <laughs> i don't care about your emotional needs um so I, I i think i would say it's funny in in guiding someone towards you know how to have friendships with the opposite sex i think i would have two different things to say to men and to women again generally speaking we're just looking at the grand trends in society and what we see in these statistics so one of the things that you hear from guys is well um i you know i got really close to her and we had this you know emotional connection and then she tells me i'm in the friend zone so one of the things is like you were saying don't go in with expectations of um, deserving romantic yeah. or sexual relationship. And so know that she sees it differently yeah. than you. She sees relationships differently. She sees friendship differently than you. And you can have all the expectations you want. She's not approaching it with the same expectations and understanding of um, emotional intimacy that you are. Uh, so be wary of that and know that, uh, that very often you are entering relationships with women with these huge expectations. Don't do that. You know, interestingly enough, very often, um, the, the, well, very often the person I ended up with, I actually tried not to enter with a lot of expectations with Kelia and just be her friend. And ultimately now we are, we're married. Uh, and so even if you are, do have that ultimate desire of, I want to get married someday your best bet might just 
uh, into relationships with women just being friends yeah. because that is where they start is a relationship, not the physicality like so many men do, you know, the, the kind of more objectification aspect, but maybe learn to just be friends and only expect that. That will one help you not get mad when you find out that, oh, uh, they just want to be friends with me. Um, and two, it'll, it'll just help ground you and actually be able to enjoy a, a friendship with a with a woman um, that is that can actually be of great benefit as we discussed. To the ladies, I would say be aware, just like I told the guys, that men work differently than you, yeah. that they are very selectively emotionally intimate with someone, that this is not something you, all of your girlfriends might be intimate with you on an emotional scale. And you might, might even be more um, physically intimate with them with putting your head on their shoulder and touching their arm and hugging. That will mean something different to guys. Yeah. It'll mean something a lot more. So understand that guys are coming from a from a, a uniquely different place and that what you might see uh, as very platonic action, um, maybe he's opening his heart and sharing with you, he's doing this because he he's chosen you in a way that that mm. he sees this as something that he that you are someone he would want to be with. So don't do that blindly because that does lead to hurt to people if you just expect uh, a guy to interact with you in the same way that maybe your girlfriends do. And be careful of how you interact with him. Uh, even if it seems natural to you, don't, you know, it can hurt to open yourself up and then be told, nah, just see you as a friend. That can be very painful to people. So basically what I'm saying is learn to speak each other's different languages, learn to have to manage your expectations when you're entering a friendship with someone. And the, the best uh, female friendships I have in my life are the ones that came with pre-baked uh, social boundaries. Mm -hmm. So we both knew what the relationship was and what it wasn't. Now, all that to say is I've had many female friendships, um, but this will be the, the last thing I say is, once I got married, hmm, yep. I don't have a lot of female friends, not because I'm, oh, I'm worried about this or being tempted. No, I, I get what I'm looking for, um, especially from the, the woman species. That's <laughs> <laughs> go on, go on. Explain yeah. that. <laughs> yeah. Well, time to round up a mob. <laughs> oh, boy. I get what I'm looking for um, in in my wife, I have that friendship. I have that emotional and physical intimacy. And so that part of me is filled. And I know that um, that that might that might make someone angry out there, but what that all the the friendship and the desire and um, the different perspective and learning the language is found in my wife. So I actually find uh, that it's not a conscious thing. I just don't have as many female friendships after I got married. And again, that which is interesting. Now, of course, I'm still very close to my mom and my sisters, those kinds of things. But my female, uh, my my woman friend roster is filled. Now, I'm not looking, although my my friend roster is filled across the board anyway. So <laughs> I want actually, actually say this. I, for, I forgot about this, but a lot of the articles that we talked about earlier, they say that very same thing, which is that over time, as people are married and they get older, the fewer friendships they have with the opposite sex as they get married because of what you're just saying. And a lot of the friendships they had when they started out were holdovers from when they were single, but as they got it, it's less and less. So that that's that's uh, not just well, you. I'll, I'll also add to that. After you get married, you you also just get more selective about friends. Friends in general, yes. Yeah. Of, of sex or gender. It is just True. like, you know what? I I wake up next to my best friend. I eat dinner with my best friend every day. Like I'm, I don't need much more than what I have now. I found yep. that I was much more desirous of a lot more relationships when I was single. I'm good now. I yep. got my I got my crew, so I'm I'm good. So. <laughs> yeah, but yes, yeah. But right, Kelia, uh, close us out. Give your 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 soliloquy monologue for. What would so you say to culture of men and women who are trying to navigate this problem? Well, I do think. Um, I think everyone can be a little bit more sensitive to each other. Mm. <laughs> and I know that's kind of a very woman-esque um, answer. But what I mean is, I think we can all think about what we're doing and how it's affecting the opposite sex. So yeah. I do think women really do need to be um, honest about whether or not they might be leading someone on. And that's not to say that just simply being friendly or kind to someone mm. is leading someone on if they feel let on by Yes, that. guys will do that, which is guys, yeah. stop that. That is yes, yeah, please. Problem. We don't need to take that on. None of that. Shame on you. But I, I do agree to Nathan's point that we really do need to learn the language of men and 
specifically male friendships, because mm-hmm. when we um, interact with them the way that we would with a girlfriend, he will get confused. And mm-hmm. I, I also think it's important to point out, um, I think some of us might even kind of enjoy having a male friend that we know likes us. Mm-hmm. And if I'm honest, that's really unhealthy. I don't think we should pursue that kind of friendship. I know that it makes you feel good in the moment. It's just not worth it. And it's hurtful to him. So they're exploiting their knowledge of how men will receive things. Yeah. Yeah. And as far as the men go, I think Nathan really put it perfectly. I think you need to enter a relationship, specifically a friendship without expectations. Mm -hmm. And, you know, if it does blossom into something, that's great. If it doesn't, you protected yourself from getting hurt and from feeling let on when, you know, Joseph even pointed out like men are more um, uh, willing to see signs of attraction where there were none. And so I think- Don't do that, Don't do that. (laughs) Don't assume that she's into you. Yes. (laughs) She's just not that into you. Um, So yeah, I think that that is my closing spiel for everyone. Everyone just needs to be a little bit more sensitive and thoughtful. Sensitivity, sensitivity makes for a groovy conductivity towards each other. That's the kind kind of message that got Jesus killed. So you be careful. (laughs) (laughs) I know, I know. (laughs) Oh, but cool. And by the way, that's a joke, Christians. I'm not like saying that was the totality of his message. Pitchforks, everyone. Monster, monster. But, um, uh, so, well, cool. This is really great. I think there's a lot of insights helpful for people here. At least I like to think so. Um, but uh, uh, this podcast matters. Um, but, I matter. <laughs> oh, we're getting real deep here. Um, so, but now we're on to blessings and curses, where we take a piece of art, media, or resource that we think is either helpful to people in this instance or hurtful to people and um, uh, telling you to uh, go out and pursue it or to stay away from it. So, um, Kelia, do you, what are your blesses and curses? Of- I was gonna say, this is so hard. Do we let ladies go first or do we save the best for last? <laughs> I'm just making a decision. I'm just being the man. Okay. Making a decision. Decision. <laughs> Kelia, yes, yes, ladies first. Okay, so um, my bless this week is a friendship in the movie called The Holiday where mm. Kate Winslet's character- Love this. Befriends this elderly uh, male neighbor And I forgot exactly, because it's been a little while since I've seen the movie, I forgot Mm. exactly how it happens. But I think she like rescues him from walking in the middle of the street or something. And then she takes him inside and he starts telling her all of these stories that um, I think he was a writer in the kind of like golden age of Hollywood or something like that. Okay. So he starts telling her all of these stories and they have a very kind of like grandfather, granddaughter relationship. And they become closer throughout the movie. And I think he ends up helping her like make the right decision about love or I, it's been a while well, guys. Here's the thing that's interesting too is it's a, it's what I liked about it is the movie is all about the a tumultuous relate romantic relationships between a few people. Yeah. And so she's going through having been um, jilted, having been hurt by guys and all of a sudden she gets to experience the benefit of a platonic male yes. relationship in the midst of having been hurt by a lot of men um, uh, who have who have taken advantage or uh, taken her for granted. So I think that's a really kind of beautiful yes. way they wove in. No, this can be a beautiful thing, but it does have those social boundaries built in. He's like a million years old. And yes. she's- <laughs> I realize this is not necessarily maybe the um, example people wanted, which is probably two single people who are very pretty and the same age, but don't end up together. But um, doesn't, I happen. Still- <laughs> doesn't happen. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's a really beautiful um, example of a male and female friendship and what we can give to each other. Absolutely. Um, and then my curse. So mm-hmm. I'm going to preface this by saying, I love, love, love how I met your mother. Yes. And also if for whatever reason, someone listening hasn't seen it, please just skip for the next like Spoiler few minutes. Alert. <laughs> Spoilers coming up. Okay. But I'm going to go ahead and curse the relationship between Ted and Robin. Oh, so daggers to the heart. (laughs) (laughs) So they start off um, dating. I think in the very first episode, he's attracted to her. 
And then they very quickly realize, you know, I don't think we work as a couple. I think we're actually better as friends. And then over the course of the next, however many seasons, I think there's nine seasons of the show, they build this beautiful friendship between them. And they tell us, look, it's totally possible, even when they were attracted to each other to begin with. And we're in a relationship. Be, yeah, and, and they each pursue different people and fall in love. You know, she gets married um he does too has kids with another woman and then in the very last episode it's never mind actually um we're gonna kill off his wife we're gonna make her get divorced and eh, never mind they'll end up together so no they couldn't be friends after all mm -hmm. and we went on this journey of nine years of believing that these people could be friends and apparently it was all for naught and that really bothered me quite a bit. Yeah, we all pretend, all of us, How I Met Your Mother people pretend that that last episode doesn't exist. What I will yeah. say, <laughs> conversely, with the character of Robin, there's actually a good male-female relationship. Again, it has a social boundary, um, but between Marshall yeah. and Robin. Yes. Marshall yeah. is married to Lily, and Lily is Robin's best friend, but Marshall also has a close relationship with Robin. But again, that can thrive and exist because there's that built-in boundary. Yes. And so they're actually able to enjoy each other's company without any guessing or wondering or wait, or you know, trying to interpret. Um, yeah. So it actually is a good example of a male-female friendship because of the social boundary you talked about earlier. Yes. Yeah. Very cool. Very cool. I if if there are any, if there are any people who still support Ted and Robin out there, the, I, we're in the minority. But you know they were out there. Yeah. Um, so, <laughs> uh, um, okay, Nathan. Okay, well I have a few, but I'm going to do a cultural one first. I'm going to <laughs> curse. Uh, you know, yes, I'm. We're I'm starting out with the curses. Very. Oh right. Okay, sorry. Sorry. I'm just like jump chomping at the bit to curse. <laughs> okay, I'll start out with my blessings. Sorry. Um, so. I will bless Friends with Benefits. It's not exactly on our topic, but I really enjoyed the movie um, because it explores the idea of men and women just being friends plus sex. Mm -hmm. And basically what it comes to is, no, it, it's not possible. Uh, you actually have to value and see each other. Um, also, it's it, yes, it's, it's a PG-13 movie, everybody. It's not for your kids. Um, but I, it does I not support Christian values all throughout. <laughs> well, weirdly enough, it kind of does at the end. It says that just hooking up with random people and and um, forming uh, a relate one side of relationship without the other elements involved yeah. is actually yeah. really unhealthy. Okay. And that, yeah, and so yeah. the valuing people um, and seeing people as whole holistically people, yeah. to be used holistically is a really good and uh, thing. And that if you don't do that, there actually leads to um, a lot of heartbreak and pain. And yeah. so I really like Friends with Benefits, um, ultimately because of the ending. I, I was, mm. you know, you watch and go, is this going somewhere I wanted to? But really, yeah. it comes back to this. No, people are valuable and you should holistically yeah. uh, be with them. Um, I'm also going to bless, we've done this a million times. I, I, I'm trying to think of something better, but 500 Days of Summer. So it good. It really does explore this idea of expectations, how men see things, how women mm -hmm. see things. And, you know, everyone's always taking sides now in the BuzzFeed articles. Well, he was wrong because she told him from the very beginning he shouldn't have ever expected. And then you, the other side, well, she was wrong because she let him on. And I'm going, guys, guys, they're both wrong. Yes. They both behaved badly um in a way towards each other that ended up with both of them being hurt yes um so i think it's a really great exploration yeah. of men and women's friendships it's also just really fun uh yeah. and really well directed well acted uh movie that i really enjoy but i think it's a good exploration of the topic we're talking about today <clears throat> on to my curses the thing <laughs> I'm really excited for um first I, i'm going to do my cultural curse which is I, I, as i said i'm a person of my generation of this modern world and I am on TikTok. <laughs> and because I'm on TikTok and a guy, TikTok thinks, oh, I must just want to watch these these clips from guy podcasts. Just talking <laughs> about men stuff and women are so I'm cursing all of them. I'm cursing yeah. every last one of these like women. They're they're just like a they're it's very incel like. Mm -hmm. They're just a little handsomer. But um, I think there's a real danger. And we talked about the benefits of be befriending women. There's a real danger in having strong opinions and getting guys alone sequestered away from the influence of women. Um, which I think is ultimately healthy influence, and just letting them kind of marinate in their own opinions and thoughts that come to this really 
I think, I hate to say it, toxic um, uh, place and perspective on the world and men and women relationships because they are somewhat of an echo chamber of guys who just only talk about women without actually ever including a woman or taking the time to learn how they see the world into their discussion. So I'm cursing carte blanche, all of those weird- uh, uh, The manosphere, you're cursing the manosphere. I'm just cursing the manosphere. (laughs) The entire Um, thing, yes. (laughs) Listen, I love my guy time with my friends. I think it's needed and beneficial, but I'm also balanced out by really wonderful relationships. So so, so what you're saying is that we shouldn't spend a lot of time like concocting theories about other people without having relationships with them. That's well, and a lot of it is like, why don't they behave like us? Yes. And like, we should be glad they don't behave like you. I'm yeah. so glad that half the world, not the entirety of the world just behaves like guys. That's why I got married to a woman because as much as I like guys, I get tired of guys. I want a different perspective, a different way of life. And they seem uh, yeah, it's just so childish. By the way, the same thing can happen on the other side. There are, oh, of course, yeah. there are women's podcasts that don't uh, give see the value of befriending and seeing the world through maybe a man's perspective. But I see this just because I'm a guy. I see this rise you see, up, yeah, you see, up, up a lot more often. As, as C.S. Lewis said, I'm not saying that, um, what was it? He said this in That Hideous Strength. I'm not saying that the academia is more likely to be involved in demonic activity than other professions. It's just the one I'm most familiar with. Exactly. So I got to call out the one that most, I'm most familiar with and apparently technically a part of because I'm a guy. So I have to call it some bad guy culture. And that's super bad guy culture. Um, that, get to know a woman without any expectations. I promise you it'll be- benefit your life. Um, and, you know, and I feel bad because a lot of these guys maybe don't have close relationships with their mothers or sisters and didn't get that. But don't assume, even if you didn't have that, don't assume that you know what it should be like. Yeah. Go meet Go talk to one. Go befriend one with no expectations. Yes. Um, and then I'm going to curse a movie on the other side of things called Something Borrowed. Listen, mm. this is a fun movie. It's a New York movie, a modern, you know, kind of love story. Um, but what I, <laughs> it's hard to articulate what I really just like about this movie. John Krasinski <laughs> is in love with the main character and he is good. He is kind. Mm. He takes care of her. He walks her home. Uh, at night, when she's sick, he he brings her soup. Those kinds of things. He's a um, and you know John Krasinski is is not like some some troll. He's a- <laughs> he, but 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 Nathan, but Nathan, he has the ick. Whatever yeah, that he is. Has the, oh, that's right. Yes, I really hate the ick thing. <laughs> yeah, that's whole other episode, that is another. Episode. We'll have you back on to talk yeah, about the ick. Tell me when you're doing it. Okay. <laughs> so, what is the ick coming soon <laughs> to all the overthinkers? I'm going to have spoilers for this um, for this episode. So th- this woman's going through tumultuous love life. She's longing at, is a classic love trial, lo- going after this other really handsome guy, ignoring John Krasinski the whole time. Uh, lo and behold, the other handsome guy does finally notice her. And, um, uh, but sorry, I jumped, I jumped the gun yeah. before the handsome guy notices her. She kind of gives John Krasinski a good chance because she just wants to feel that desire yeah. from a guy and feel pretty <laughs> and, and feel loved and feel pursued. And, you know, and so she kind of uses him, this really kind guy until the handsome guy, that even more handsome guy than John Krasinski. Uh, the, <laughs> 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 yeah. oh. enough, I guess for her. <laughs> so until the handsome guy shows her some um, attraction. In the old rom-coms, it would be, oh, this handsome guy uh, wasn't all he was cracked up to be. I just had this fantasy in my head. John Krasinski, you were the one all along, sure, right? Yeah. But no, in this modern movie, it was, no, this handsome guy is cool, and I I'm glad that uh, I um, am with him now instead of you, who has who has really given a lot of your life and relationship to me. Um, see it, <laughs> sayonara, John. Yeah. I'm out. I'm going with the handsome guy now, and we're all and we're sitting at the end of the movie going, wait, we're supposed to clap for this? Like <laughs> <laughs> this is a feel good movie. So I got to curse something borrowed, which also reminds me of something I should have blessed too, which is he's not that he's just not that into you. Yeah. I won't explain just go watch it. It's so good. Yeah, it, it's it, a lot of the conversations we're sort of having right now, it has some of those conversations as well. Yeah. Well, and Jennifer Goodwin <laughs> is the main character of both Something Borrowed and oh, interesting. Just Not That Into You. And it's amazing how different they are in their messages. But yeah. She wasn't good- writing either of them. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> so go watch both of those movies and, and I definitely think the superior answer to Something Borrowed <laughs> is just not that into you. So those are my curses and blesses. Cool. All right. So I shall 
try to be quick, which I always say and always fail at. Um, but first, so I'm, I'm going to, I am going to bless When Harry Met Sally, because you can't do this, this uh, topic without talking about When Harry Classic. Met Sally. Um, yeah. And I, I make my argument that it's actually not about whether or not men and women can be friends, because they pose that question at the beginning, but it's not the dramatic question of the story, because the story isn't about them uh, uh, trying it and then coming up with obstacles in the way about it. It's not about, you know, when you ask me what the story's about, it's about, well, what do the characters want? What's the obstacle in the way and how do they resolve it? The, what's it, you know, the, what they want is they want to find true love. Their obstacle is they can't see what they should be prioritizing in love. Mm. What they are prioritizing is I want somebody who can fill certain needs that I have to feel special. So she dates this incredibly rich, handsome guy who she doesn't even really love because she feels like if he loves me, I must be special. And he is trying to date these women who he wants to impress. So he can't ever really be honest with them. And what they end up saying is that basically like you should be with a person who you can both be emotionally intimate with and who you're sexually attracted to. If you find that person, you shouldn't ignore that person. And so they John Krasinski. Yes, yes. <laughs> yes. If John Krasinski is into you, the character, not necessarily the person, I don't know the person. Um, yes. Um Emily Blunt figured it out. Yeah, she did. <laughs> she did. Um, but I was saying is like their message is like these are what your priorities should more be, is more healthy than I think um is is better. They is it really that's what it's about. It's about your priorities should be more healthy than what they usually are. And that's why you can't find love. I think it's a better message than what people typically think Harry Met Sally is. Okay, I'm gonna bless. I also say it is hard to find really good movies about platonic male-female friendships with people who are both single. That is a very hard thing to do. Um, which maybe says something on its own. I will say that um Pretty in Pink by um, Jonathan Hughes, I think is a really good movie. It's got flaws. You definitely look back on some John Hughes movies and say, well, this is a slightly toxic portrayal of things. Slightly. Um, <laughs> um, well, you know, Pretty in Pink is much better than most of them of that he's done on that regard. But it does portray a male-female friendship, you know, between uh, the lead and her best guy friend, which interestingly was in the original version supposed to end up with them together. But... They sent, sent it to test audiences and the girls said, no way. <laughs> we, we want her to end up with the handsome guy. Really? Oh, wow. I was always really upset that she didn't end up with Ducky. I was like, Blaine is boring. <laughs> I don't like his hair. Go for Ducky. He has personality. <laughs> well, that's really fascinating. I think it's, and I think that's really interesting. But I do think that what it ended up being is it actually is a portrayal of a guy and girl friendship that stays that way. And he does end up supporting her in that way and being actually cool with it. It's like, look, you can kind of think that he probably liked her, but he also like, this makes her more happy and that's more important to me and I will set put my priorities elsewhere. He does actually do that. And they treat it in a dignified way. So I, I, I think that that's... Um, now again, that you get... In the comments, in the letters, send us, what, do you think that they should have ended up to, that uh, Ducky and, and What's-Her-Face should have ended up together? Don't remember. Well, I haven't Ducky seen it. <laughs> Ducky and What's-Her-Face. <laughs> Joseph really, really pays it. attention yeah. to leaving it's, yeah. it's a good, it's a good, yeah. It's, um, but uh, the, then uh, my curse is actually going to be similar to yours, um, Nathan, which is, but it's a really oldie. It's called Easter Parade. And it's a Whoa. Fred Astaire, Judy Garland movie. And Whoa. I remember wow. that it made, now we love, again, we love Fred Astaire, Judy Garland and those movies as a family, but we, as our family, we erupted into anger at it because they had the exact same thing that you did. Is it Nathan, where they had, she had an incredibly toxic relationship with a dancer, with a, a, a dancer who discovered her. And it was a very toxic relationship. And we were all like, and she had this really nice guy. And we we're like, she should end up with him. It's like, but it was like, it was like, this guy is obviously like an awful dude. But for some, but at the end, you know, Judy Garland and Fred Astaire, because they have to, they ended up together. And we were just like, this is really, really bad. And they're, they're, they are take, saying your priorities are in the wrong place. Their priorities, the wrong place. It's like, you should be maximizing for, the glamour instead of trying to find a balance between you're attracted to the person and can be their friend. So mm. I was like that. So, you know, I can say real quick to all you young filmmakers writing, uh, women, <laughs> stop trying to reinvent the form. We don't want that. <laughs> yeah, we, we, we come here for uh, uh, the form. We want the form you love. All right. We <laughs> want the right girl to end up with the right guy. The end. 
what so hey uh nathan what is it that um uh what was it uh uh the gilmore girls always say um cliches are just things that we're tired of being true yes, yes. cliches are just things <laughs> yeah. that we're tired of being true exactly <laughs> so all right cool well thank you Kelia, for joining us today on this podcast you your uh feminine energy and female perspective and your just human Kelia perspective were really really valuable for this um if people want to engage more with your incredible content where should they go well you can find me on instagram at kelia.clarkson and if you would like to check out Wallflower Journal, go to wallflowerjournal.com. Uh, we put out articles about relationships and opinions and recipes and all kinds of things every single week. And if you want to check out my own podcast called Dear Wallflower, which is essentially Dear Abby in podcast form, please go ahead and check that out. Send in your, send in your letters anonymously and get some yeah. good, good feedback. Yeah, yeah. no, it's it, struggles. It's really good stuff. You know, again, it's like if if I didn't have female friends, I would be listening to that to get the female perspective on on the problems. Um, so uh, cool. And Nathan, uh, if people want to get in touch with us and um, uh, or you specifically uh, want to give you a million dollars to make a movie, where should they go? That's right. Make a formulaic love story. Movie. <laughs> yes. They can go to the overthinkersjournal.com. Uh, they can also go to our online group, The Overthinkers, on Facebook. Uh, just uh, uh, it's a private group, so please uh, submit and join. We'd love to have you there. And if you want in touch with, if you want to get in touch with me, you can go to NathanClarkson.me or search my name, Nathan Clarkson, on any of the socials. Cool. And you can get in touch with me also as well on any of the socials. Also, my website, JosephHolmesStudios.com, and you can find my. Uh, writing about uh, all the movies that are good and not good that have to deal with faith and religion at religionunplugged.com where I'm a regular contributor. All right, well, thank you so much for joining us. And remember, if it's worth thinking about, it's worth overthinking about. Mm -hmm.